0: hey sports tech fans will martin here curator of the sports tech digest and obviously host of the sports tech live podcast so this is the podcast for friday the 23rd of august we're going to cover stories on the streaming wars gambling esports media and content ai uh, deals partnerships uh, bitcoin and get into some of the other main stories of the week as well as some uh, long-read suggestions so I hope you enjoy the show Story this week in the streaming wars comes from Spain. Uh, so, MediaSet's uh, over-the-top subscription called Miteli Plus uh, debuted last weekend for La Liga coverage, uh, but it didn't go smoothly. Uh, they ran into a lot of issues. Uh, with subscribers experiencing transmission issues and heavy latency so there's reports of delays of up to 5 minutes which obviously for a live game isn't ideal Uh, so they didn't make an official statement but on social media they did say that despite their advertising saying that Meet Tele Plus was available via LG and Samsung Smart TVs that it wasn't yet operational Um, so obviously they have some other issues as well with their uh, traditional over the top so I think that was available via web, Android and iOS and um, so it's the only over-the-top service available in Spain with live La Liga games uh, but they also have uh, games from the Champions League and the Europa League so they didn't actually purchase these rights, they're actually sublicensing them from Telefonica so it probably reflects poorly on both um, so I guess the, the question remains see if they can work out it this week see if they can remove those issues and deliver a better service because uh, in streaming, especially streaming live sports like this with potentially heavy demands, uh, it is very very difficult to actually get this right um, and there's a reason why uh, people are spending a lot of money and building teams to be able to deliver these types of services right around the world. Um, so in the article as well, uh, there's some very interesting insights into actually the nature of the deal that um, Mediaset did with Telefonica So I'll give you some numbers here. Uh, So if the OTT service passes 90,000 soccer package subscribers, apparently Mediaset will have to pay Telefonica 14.6 million and as much as 43 million if it passes 270,000 subscriptions for the La Liga package. That variable is apparently proportional to the initial guaranteed payment, meaning Mediaset will have to pay a fixed amount for each subscriber fee that it gets to cover the fixed unit acquisition cost which in La Liga is 16 euros and for the European soccer competitions it's 12 euros with the final payment made at the end of the season and um, so it's very interesting to get the ins and outs of the nature of this kind of sub licensing deal uh, obviously it's very dependent on how many subscribers they actually get so there's no numbers available yet of how many people they managed to sign up before the season started uh, but obviously if they don't manage to solve their issues they won't be getting anywhere near the 270,000. Subscribers for the La Liga package. Um, So I'll let you know if there's any updates on this uh, next week, Um, but that's the top story this week from the streaming wars. The top news story this week from the gambling or gaming world uh, comes from Texas. Um, So earlier on in the year, we reported uh, a lot on the AAF. Uh, which is the alliance of american football and uh, so it's kind of a competitor to the nfl that started earlier on this year received quite a bit of funding before the season started um, received a further cash injection uh, from the ceo of the carolina hurricanes uh, for 250 million dollar investment just around uh, valentine's but soon after that the league actually folded uh, obviously tom dundon didn't invest all the 250 million in one go um, the way the deal was structured and the reporting at the time was that it was kind of going in and in bits and pieces um, but one of the main kind of comments around the time of that deal was that it was a play by tom dundon to get his hands on the the gambling technology that was going to be built uh, to support the aaf um, but the court this week um, has approved the sale of aaf and uh, the gambling app to mgm uh, the Las Vegas base casino. Um, So obviously things didn't really work out for Tom Dundon if he was indeed trying to make a play for the uh, gambling app and the technology that was going to support it. Uh, So that's actually gone to MGM. Um, So in exchange for the sole ownership of the tech, uh, the Shuttered League would receive $125,000 and have MGM's bankruptcy claim lessened from $7 million uh, to $5 million. Uh, so the cash deal on the front of it is 125 thousand uh, which is an absolute steal if the technology is as good as uh, was kind of build build up before the launch of the league uh, I think the technology kind of ran into some uh, issues as the league was starting so uh, nothing surprising there as, as tech is always going to take a while to smooth out um, the the bugs and the issues um, so essentially they've bought it for 125,000 dollars. Plus the two million that they're kind of writing off in their bankruptcy claim against AAF, um, so they had actually invested uh, money in AAF as well, MGM Grant. Um, so you know, obviously they kind of saw the the potential tie-ups for you know having a gambling technology and a new sports uh, league that they could potentially be uh, part owners of. Um, so apparently the app is going to be uh, a real-time updating of games within milliseconds. Uh, so this would allow people to uh, make wagers in real time as the game was playing. Um, so you know, kind of like what we've seen with the the NBC um, and Washington Redskins in preseason. You know, about predicting the the outcome of, of the next play. You know, will they punt it? Will they? You know score a touchdown? Will they score a field goal? Will they miss a field goal? Uh, so it's kind of technology along those lines to you know increase the the real-time nature of the gambling. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what NGM do with it now that they have uh, complete ownership uh, from the T- Texas Bankruptcy Court. Uh, I'm not sure if uh, they can appeal or see if anyone else can um, and jump in and potentially claim ownership Uh, but it looks like it's a done deal now to mgm so i guess it's over to them to see if they can take that technology and apply it to you know the nfl or the xfl uh, which will be launching in 2020. Um, so that's the top news story this week uh, from the world of gambling The top eSports story this week uh, comes from uh, Newzoo. And so they're an Amsterdam based uh, global eSports market research company. Um, So they've kind of put out um, some research uh, into the viewership of uh, the top eSports titles. Uh, So League of Legends kind of came out on top. Um, So they've found that 23% of people who watch eSports online prefer watching League of Legends. Um, So that's made up of people who actually play the game, uh, but also people that are not involved in actually playing the, the game itself. Um, so very interesting um, uh, market research because um, there's always been the kind of the debate around esports of how many actually titles can make it uh, to the elite level of having this kind of global fandom and global viewership uh, to put, be able to put on the, the big competitions that have insane uh, prize pools and some topping 30, 40 million dollars. Um, so League of Legends is kind of Been number one for a while. Uh, Obviously, there's other kind of competitors to that throne, um, but you know this report says that they're still way out on top. Um, So it'll be you know a battle between the others to see if they can uh, reach that level and be uh, one of the mainstays. Um, Because obviously, there's always been um, kind of comparison between esports and sports, Um, but in sports, you know they've. Um, been around for you know centuries I think this is the NFL's 100th year this year Uh, but it's mainly you know soccer NFL uh, basketball uh, and they've always been around and probably will always be around Um, whereas with eSports you know might have crazes or phases of different um, games kind of popping up to be super popular um, but then they will kind of fade away so there's really kind of a battle to be the number one dog uh, over an extended period of time, so obviously League of Legends is is kind of out there in front. You know the likes of Fortnite, I've uh, seen massive user growth, and you know can they kind of continue that uh, year on year um, as you know the people playing and watching kind of grow older? Will they still be interested? Um, so that's a big kind of question I would have with these uh, big esports competitions: uh, is there longevity in it? Um, so to follow up on the new Newzoo report, so according to them. Which covers major esports market in Europe and North America. Seventy-one percent of esports fans who watch gamers only do so on their preferred gaming title, while the remaining twenty-nine percent of esports audiences say that they like to diversify their viewing experience. Um, So again, this kind of shows the attachment to one big title. Um, So seventy-one percent of esports fans only choose to watch um, esports competitions or esports streamers uh, for that one individual title. So it's. You know, only 29% that are you know watching multiple different gaming titles. Um, so I guess that kind of plays into um, what I was talking about earlier of how many different sports or how many different esports uh, can make it to that elite level and have broad uh, audiences uh, around the world. Um, so of the major gaming titles, League of Legends shares a much clearer cross-section of playing and non-playing fans. Um, so in comparison, only 10 cents mobile video game honor of Kings shares a similar ratio of gamers and non-gamers with six and ten fans claiming they will watch others play the Chinese title. Um, so again you know having people actively playing the game is one thing but having the more casual fan that it's not actually playing but is still entertained enough to watch a game that they don't personally play uh, I guess this kind of comes into you know how big can an audience get um, because if your game is only as big as your install base of uh, video games that you've sold then you're not really going to reach that elite level of being able to you know, be a, a major dominant player across uh, the world um, if you only can attract viewers uh, as the number of gamers that you have. Uh, so a really interesting report. I recommend anyone who's interested in eSports uh, to take a closer look at that, as it definitely gives some great insights into eSports and the viewership numbers that we're seeing right now. So that was the top story uh, in eSports this week. The top news story this week from the world of media and content comes from Variety and their story on Barstool Sports and podcasts are now one third of revenue for Barstool Uh, so we kind of talked uh, briefly last week about Barstool Sports and their controversy um, around uh, a different media outlet unionizing and their former CEO's uh, threat to uh, fire anybody inside Barstool Sports that would actually join a union Um, so they're not very well known for controversy and uh, kind of stoking those fires to get extra clicks and attention uh, but it's obviously working for them um, and especially their their podcast. so they also have um you know a serious xfm uh, deal as well so some of their shows are uh, going out through that um so their number one uh, kind of sports show is called pardon my take um so it's f- uh, released three times per week um so they've got usual kind of personalities that kind of um, show up on that show uh, week in week out so it's Big Cat and PFT um, so if you're familiar with Barstool Sports you'll know those names if you're not uh, those are, are kind of new names to you but um, obviously they've reached a, a big audience in the, the US um, with their podcasts and with their serious XM uh, deals and uh, so they've started off with just uh, a handful of podcasts uh, they're now up to Um, multiple podcasts per week Um, so they've got about 12 hours uh, for its own dedicated channel uh, per day Um, so they're constantly experimenting with new different um, shows and angles that they can kind of put in there so they're really building a big uh, fan base in these podcasts so I guess the question for me would be is when are they going to start moving more and more towards uh, video Uh, because obviously that's kind of the next level up uh, for them. Um, so they kind of started off as you know, um, a news article website covering sports uh, but they've kind of moved more and more into the, the media game with their podcasts um, so they've absolutely exploded over the last couple of years um, so they've inked sponsorship deals um, for several other podcasts with uh, the likes of Seekick, Starbucks, FanDuel and Square's Cash App uh, so another thing that they also kind of make a lot of money from is their, their merchandise uh, so they have a lot of unofficial um, merchandise for different sports stars and sports teams and um, so they heavily uh, kind of promote them and on all their shows and all their their content across all their platforms uh, so they're quite active on snapchat and Instagram um, as well as YouTube um, so they kind of promote these um, the merchandise, like t-shirts, hats, hoodies. Um, so they make a quite a lot of money. It doesn't kind of show in the article how much they make from the merchandise. Um, but I'd imagine from their controversy last week that they probably made some merchandise out of that. Um, so they always kind of spot an opportunity to make a dollar and they, they seem to be coming up trumps at the moment. Um, so they also uh, run a, kind of amateur boxing um league and uh, so that's kind of live streamed and obviously they, they sell tickets uh, to that um so they've really kind of diverse diversified their offering from um just uh, sports articles so they're into a very very broad range of uh, you know content and uh, live events um so they're rough and rowdy and they um, Bill Burr as a commentator for one of them, um, so they've been quite, quite um, creative in, in what they're trying to offer, um, and I guess they understand uh, what people or what their audience are, are kind of looking for. Um, so they're not without well, controversy, uh, but they're a really good company from the media and content space uh, to kind of take a look at and seeing what they're up to. And I guess for me, you know, the, the move more towards video and, and live streaming is probably where they're going to take this next. Um, so. Great article in variety uh, with their new CEO, um, kind of going through uh, what they're up to. Um, So, definitely check that out. The top news story this week uh, from the world of marketing comes from Sports Pro Media. Um, so they actually have a great article on the, the top 50 most marketable uh, sports stars in the world right now. Um, so very interesting uh, piece to read. Um, some names I would have known, some established kind of stars, uh, some other stars are, are kind of new to me. Um, so it gave a great kind of rundown of the, the these new sports stars or established stars uh, that are kind of making waves um, so the article is um, obviously from 1 to 50 um, and it's kind of marked on a promotional effective, effectiveness score and um, so that tries to aim to evaluate how effective a promoter an athlete is on social media regardless of their follower count and um, so it's not strictly related to um, how many followers they have and everything like that but it's how much of an influencer essentially is um this sports star with their current audience. Um, so that's probably why I uh, threw up some interesting names in, uh, as number one. Um, so the top uh, sports star is Naomi Osaka. Uh, so she's the most marketable sports or sports athlete in 2019. Uh, so the rising WA, WTA star, uh, who's only 21, becomes only the second female uh, to top the list after a breakthrough year in which in which she won two Grand Slam titles to centre to number one in the world for the first time. Um, so Sports Pro have been kind of doing these uh, lists for about 10 years. Um, so it's great to see another kind of female athlete kind of uh, reaching the pinnacle of that. Um, so um, some other stars, number two was Raheem Sterling. Um, so we spoke about him uh, last week with his potential uh, new boot deal with the Air Jordan brand. Um, so it's quite fitting that he is uh, number two on this list with that potential huge deal on his way. Um, Number three was Ian Williamson, and we kind of spoke about him earlier in the season as well when his um, mid-game, that his shoe kind of exploded underneath him. Um, So he's obviously uh, moved into the NBA now and signed a deal with uh, Nike. Uh, Number four is uh, Megan Rapinoe. Uh, So this is the the female soccer player from the the US with uh, the purple hair who had an amazing World Cup and uh, comes in at number four. Number five is Kylian Mbappe, uh, one of the most exciting young footballers in the world right now, uh, currently at PSG, but I don't think he'll be there for much longer. So, uh, Real Madrid have always been kind of linked with him since he was at Monaco, um, which Real Madrid are obviously probably one of the the best uh, marketing clubs in the world uh, in terms of soccer, even if um, on the pitch, uh, they don't really make all the right decisions. And number six is the Greek freak, another NBA star. There, number seven is Brooks Kepka, um, you know, one of the major uh, players in golf right now. Number eight is Charles Leclerc, um, a young F1 driver currently at Ferrari. And number nine is uh, Dina Asher-Smith, um, and number ten is Simone Bowles. Uh, so another two female athletes that are kind of around here at the top ten. Um, so some other kind of ones that I kind of want to pick out obviously as a Spurs fan it's great to see Harry Kane there as number 13 and um, so I think he's uh, on to make a lot of money in terms of his marketability especially with uh, the Euros coming up now in 2020 and uh, where England look in a good chance to go far in that competition and uh, number 29 is Christian Pulisic obviously got a big money move to Chelsea uh, the American soccer player there obviously the potential for marketability as um, one of the major stars of the u.s men's national football team playing for a club like chelsea is great for him and obviously he's only uh, just turned 20 so he's uh, got a long long career ahead of him so his marketability is only going to rise i would imagine uh, and then number 30 uh, again as a sports fan it's great to see uh, Seong young min um yeah at number 30 um probably south korea's uh, biggest ever uh, football players and uh, definitely kind of performing at uh, the elite levels obviously playing in the Champions League final last year um, so he's absolutely adored in uh, South Korea uh, I've seen some of the, the kind of cheesy ads he's done there for you know very variety of different companies including like ice cream and uh, mobile carriers and stuff like that Um so obviously he's big over uh in south korea but i think that kind of transcends into the the asian market as well obviously with the the rise of kind of k-pop and his k-pop star girlfriend um you know that that only adds to his uh, brand value kind of moving forward um so i'm even interested in i guess sports or sports marketing uh great to see the the top 50 um to try and analyze you know how uh positive an influencer are um an athlete can be uh, for different campaigns and uh, so it's not just about the metrics of how many followers they have on twitter because uh, if that was the case you know that that top 10 would look vastly different um so even just from the soccer world you know the the likes of messi and ronaldo you know they're they're not even on this list um whereas if you ask any footballer or football fan you know who would be the the top name as most marketable uh, in the world of football you know messi and ronaldo would definitely be the the top names probably to come out of people's mouths um, so yeah again take a look at it uh, really really interesting and you know obviously this is put out every year so it'll definitely be on the, the list again next year top story this week from the world of AI comes from variety, uh, so dubbing, AI dubbing tech can make talent like David Beckham multilingual. Um, so the article kind of goes into uh, kind of showcase uh, some technology produced by a London-based startup called Synthesia. Uh, so they use artificial intelligence uh, for dubbing. Um, so Synthesia's work shows that the technology also potential for Hollywood, with dubbing being a key area of interest. Uh, so what their technology does, obviously uh, does the dubbing in different languages uh, but it also alters the video source uh, so it actually looks like the person is speaking uh, that language uh, So a problem I've always had with dubbing, be it like on a movie or an ad that gets overdubbed into English from a different language is when the, the sync between the v- voice and the mouth don't match um, So this is incredible technology that you can uh, have the person speaking a different language but also have their facial features and mouth um, kind of syncing up so it looks and feels like uh, they're speaking that uh, that language. Um, so it's really, really important obviously with the, a global world that we're living in right now. So dubbing is becoming ever more important for the likes of Hollywood um, and the advertising world. Um, when you look at Netflix, they're dubbing into 31 languages. Um, so they generally kind of target English-speaking uh, audiences first. Um, so, if they can use a technology like this to, you know, distribute shows around the world in 31 different languages at the same time, then that's going to be a huge win for the likes of, likes of Netflix. Um, so, employing AI for dubbing uh, will be less demanding in animation, uh, where the technology can be used to kind of better match the mouth movements of a character to the original language. Um, so obviously we're seeing a lot coming out of the AI world um, a lot of the deepfake kind of stuff And um, so I guess this is uh, kind of one of the more positive um, kind of spins on uh, altering what a person is, is saying um, So Synthesia from uh, London looks like it's a, a really good startup. That's onto uh, great things and if they can get some uh, Partnerships uh, kind of going then I think they're an absolute uh, win from the the AI world <laughs> The top story from the world of deals in sports is actually not about a deal. Um, so we kind of spoke last week about the deal that Jay-Z did with the NFL. Um, and a lot of the kind of reports or rumors that kind of came out of it uh, was that there was a kind of handshake deal that Jay-Z uh, could become a potential um, franchise owner uh, kind of over time. Um, So obviously that would be a great deal for Jay-Z and probably the the NFL uh, kind of follows on from what um, David Beckham did in the MLS that he kind of negotiated to actually be able to buy one of the expansion franchises, uh, which he has done in in Miami. Um, So multiple people connected to the NFL ownership and the league have told CBS Sports that this TMZ reported rumor is simply false, uh, that there are no plans in place the rap legend to become an NFL owner Um, so you know it kind of caused a lot of controversy with this uh, Jay-Z Rock Nation deal with the NFL Uh, obviously there was kind of criticism uh, after the fallout from the Colin Kaepernick's uh, exit from the league and um, you know seeing Jay-Z kind of go into bed with the NFL to help with their social justice campaigns and so Jay-Z kind of responded with you know Colin Kaepernick was step one Jay-Z stepping inside the NFL, being able to help and uh, kind of change things from the inside. Um, so he's not gonna be a football owner anytime soon. Um, I think being the mogul that he is, uh, he definitely likes to be kind of number one. So probably will at some point in my lifetime um, be a football o- NFL uh, club football owner. Uh, but for now it looks like the the, the deal is um, nowhere nowhere near Um so yeah maybe in time but not for right now the top story this week from the world of partnerships uh, comes via ad week um, so it's Puma soccer's athletes find their flow with Spotify, Uh, so it's a deal between or partnership between Puma and Spotify, Um, so the athletic gear maker Puma and uh, Spotify will start uh, rolling out of uh, Anthem Pack football boots and associated kind of promotion on Spotify. Uh, So it's the first of its kind uh, on Spotify. Uh, So it's going to be called Pumas Find Your Flow Initiative. Uh, So they include stars like Antoine Griezmann, Romelu Lukaku. Luis Suarez and Mohamedou uh, Sacco from Crystal Palace. Uh, So each playlist will feature cover artwork and exclusive audio clips of an interview with uh, each of the players um, to kind of interview them to see how music kind of helps their flow, what their pre game hype tracks are. Um, So, very interesting kind of partnership here between um, the music world and the, the sports world. Um, so they'll also be uh, kind of putting out a podcast called Who We Be Talks and uh, so it's going to be a dedicated episodes uh, Where DJ Semtex interviews um, Crystal Palace and Puma ambassador uh, Mamadou Sakho um, so each uh, Playlist will have about 21 tracks um, And then obviously kind of interlace them with the interviews from the players um, so really really interesting uh, obviously going the, the music route Uh, but also the kind of podcast route, um, which obviously is what kind of Spotify are kind of moving more more and more towards of not just being a music provider, but being podcasts as well. So really kind of covering uh, the whole kind of audio spectrum. Um, So I think this will uh, have a lot of traction from people that are into music and have a Spotify account. And obviously um, if they're a big fan of the particular players that are going to be involved, uh, but it's really interesting to kind of see um, what will be on their playlists um, will the players actually pick them themselves or will they just kind of assign it to um, one of their assistants or something or their agents uh, but really interesting to see the, the world of sport and music kind of come together like this because uh, I think all sports fans are kind of wondering uh, when they see their see their teams players kind of come out of the the bus or out of the the locker rooms and they've got their headphones on of what they're actually listening to you know um I, i've always kind of had that when i see uh, teams that i support uh wondering what they're listening to you know i doubt it's kind of uh, classical music um but is it old school is it new stuff um so i think that will give a great insight and the uh, of extra emotion and attachment uh, from the fans uh, to those specific players Um, so i'll definitely be kind of watching out for the content that they're pushing out Uh, so again the the names of the shows would be who we be talks that's the podcast and then pumas find your flow uh, is the name of their uh, playlist uh, kind of campaign that they're going to be doing Top story this week from the world of crypto comes from the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, So they're going to be the second NBA team to accept Bitcoin. Uh, So Mark Cuban, the billionaire owner of the Dallas Mavericks, is a huge crypto enthusiast. And so it's been on the cards for a while, uh, but now it's uh, finally official. Uh, So they're going to use BitPay's payment processing uh, to allow fans to buy tickets for the games and merch and and probably everything in the stadium. Um, So it's been on the cards for a while, as I mentioned. they're the second team behind the Sacramento Kings um, to allow Bitcoin payments. Uh, they're also using BitPay's service. Um, so it's great to see um, crypto and Bitcoin being uh, kind of adopted for real-world use and not just pure speculation. Uh, I'll say there's a big kind of currency uh, fluctuation risk uh, with Bitcoin. Um, you know the last kind of two years it went all the way up to 20,000 then crashed all the way down to 1,500 and it's now back up to about 10,000 dollars per bitcoin um so you know as an economics uh grad you know i wouldn't really consider something with that uh, huge of a, a flux and a difference is isn't really a currency in my opinion um It's kind of a pure speculation play at the moment. Um, But again, as I say, like the the more it gets adopted and used in the real world for real world products and experiences, uh, the more that will become normalized. That's not just gonna be a pure speculation play forever. Um, So good to see uh, BitPay, you know, they seem to be kind of focusing and taking a a march in um, the the world of sports. Uh, Another kind of platform on the blockchain uh, kind of spectrum is uh, Socios. Uh, so they've got a lot of partnerships with um european soccer teams uh, so psg uh, juventus uh, west ham united um, so they're not actually allowing these teams to accept bitcoin uh, so what they're doing is actually offering uh, fan tokens um so specifically for those teams uh, so i've kind of thought about blockchain and crypto for a long time and i think this is something that kind of makes more sense to me uh, kind of longer term because uh, fans are going to be fans of these teams um for a lifetime essentially um so a psg fan is going to be a psg fan uh, forever um maybe that's not the best example <laughs> given their uh, found newfound riches and attracting new fans um but i think the the kind of core concept there is is solid that um you know a fan will be a fan forever so having a token that Kind of lives and breathes um, inside that team's ecosystem is something that could potentially have a lot of uh, long-term value uh, for both the club and for socials and for the fans um, so being able to earn fan tokens for attending games or for buying merch to then to be able to use those fan tokens and to do those exact same things of buying tickets and merch um, so it's kind of more of like a loyalty kind of um system Uh, but obviously it's built on the blockchain and you know you're not earning points you're earning fan tokens and so it's a really interesting development for me in the world of blockchain and sports Uh, but obviously the story now of um, another nba team accepting bitcoin uh, for uh, tickets and merchandise and in stadium purchases is great to see and so i guess what needs to happen next is for you know another sports team from uh, a different sport in the in the u.s uh, so like an nfl team or an nhl team and uh, kind of following this path uh, but i guess they'll all be kind of closely watching um to see what happens um but i think the currency risk might put a lot of teams off um that you know the, the fluctuation is so great that you know they might be making a lot of money or they might make a huge loss uh, depending on which way the the Bitcoin world goes but obviously Mark Cuban is a a big crypto and Bitcoin enthusiast uh, so he obviously sees value of being able to accept those bitcoins and I guess over time he hopes that the bitcoins he accepts now are going to be worth double or triple or or ten times more in in a number of years Uh, that'll be a way for him to, to make a lot of money longer term One of our long read suggestions this week uh, comes um, from Bleacher Report and so their CEO Howard Mitman talks their ambitions, their strategies, uh, their gambling content and their Bleacher Report live plans and so obviously Bleacher Report were bought by uh, Turner Sports and so obviously now they can you know they've got a much bigger budget and a much bigger team uh, to be able to to do uh, live broadcasts. Uh, so they have the Champions League rights uh, in the in the US, for example. Uh, but it's a really interesting story. Uh, kind of talks through where they're kind of going. Um, they kind of started uh, probably about ten years ago now uh, with being one of these uh, kind of sports blogs. You know going down the traditional uh, publishing route, Uh, but now they've kind of moved into podcasts and animated TV series, and obviously now into um, gambling content and actually live uh, shows, uh, live sports streaming. Uh, So a very interesting piece to read um, to kind of see where uh, the world of sports is going, uh, because I think it touches on a lot of the things that we've covered here at the, the Sports Tech Digest and now on the Sports Tech Live Podcasts. Um, so I think their big push is more and more towards live events um, so they're going to be using different formats platforms and devices for that um, so I think they're all also going to be you know kind of doing more uh, kind of docu series and video content um, I personally love their their champion series which is kind of an animated uh, TV series uh, to coincide with the, the last eight of the, the Champions League that comes out every year uh, really funny and entertaining kind of taking cheap cheap shots at all the the soccer stars that are still in the Champions League are not even in the Champions League and kind of making jokes about that. Uh, but they also see kind of e-commerce as well as being uh, one of their major kind of drivers for revenue moving forward. So kind of touches on a lot of the things that we're kind of talking about here and the trends that we're seeing. Uh, so anyone who kind of finds uh, the world of sports and how it's kind of evolving uh, beyond just sports or reporting or media or content or live. And how they're all kind of coming into one. Um, it's very very interesting for me, um, and I guess it kind of, you know, kind of backs up the, the kind of stuff we're doing here at the the, the newsletter and the podcast, um, that some of these trends are, are being kind of adopted by the uh, the big players in in the space. So uh, it's good long long read uh, from the CEO of Bleacher Report. Uh, so definitely check that out. So now for some headlines from the best of the rest from this week. Uh, So international NFL games uh, demand surges. Uh, They're up 55% compared to last year. Um, So obviously there's a number of different games in London and some in Mexico. Um, So as far as I know, they all sell out every year. So it's uh, really good for the NFL to see uh, demand kind of going up 55%. Uh, Obviously there's a new stadium involved this year. Um, I'm a Spurs fan, so I'm very excited to see the NFL at their new stadium. So I'd imagine a lot of the uh, demand is actually coming from Spurs fans. I think a lot of them would love to see um, NFL um, happening in that great stadium. Um, So another news story this week uh, is Mercedes-Benz res up AR Voice Tech with the immersive game at US US Open. Uh, So uh, the final major um, from the world of tennis is happening uh, in America. Um, So Mercedes-Benz have a great kind of installation and um, so it's definitely worth checking out from the TheMarketingDive.com um, Future of Sports Lab are accepting applications for their second cohort um, so this is Ryerson University and Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment in Toronto uh, they're opening applications for their second uh, cohort of sports tech companies uh, so anyone here from the startup world uh, definitely worth worth getting in an application and uh, get some feedback on your idea or you make it great you get to work with um, some great minds from Ryerson University and obviously getting to work with a major sports team and their kind of partners and associates uh, will be great. Um, So another story is Stadium Blitz launches gamified obstacle course uh, with Rob Gronkowski uh, as the Gronk Nation and so it's going to be um, inside in stadiums obviously we've seen uh, a lot of obstacle courses, uh, races uh, taking off around the, the world, like Tough Mudder. Um, so this is actually gonna be based in a stadium, which I think is an interesting kind of play on it. Um, so obviously he's a huge NFL star, multi-Super Bowl winner. Um, so I think he'll definitely have the backing and the, be able to get the attention uh, that would be needed to kind of get this off the ground. So uh, that could be a great new uh, kind of sport, uh, would help stadiums uh, kind of earn more revenue uh, during off season. Uh, so it's a really interesting one. Um, not all good news for uh, David Beckham, uh, his Inter-Miami team that have kind of taken a while to kind of get off the ground uh, but now looks like their stadium uh, has arsenic contamination uh, so apparently it's like double or triple uh, what normal levels uh, should be or that are acceptable uh, so it looks like that's going to be on hold for a while uh, it took them a while to kind of in the stadium site uh, so this is going to be a huge setback for uh, the launch of David Beckham's MLS franchise in Miami uh, so the Brooklyn Nets uh, executive, Brett Yormark, uh, plans to step down as CEO. Uh, so obviously we've seen the Alibaba co-founder um, looking to buy the, the Nets outright. Uh, so I guess this is kind of a, a stepping uh, stone to that with the, that C, the current CEO uh, kind of stepping down. Um, so I, I think that deal will kind of go through in the, the short term. Um, So kind of following on from a story we covered a couple of weeks ago So Miami Dolphins owner Stephen Ross Steps down from NFL's Social Justice Committee Uh, So obviously that kind of huge controversy When he's uh, organising a fundraiser for Donald Trump Um, So obviously the backlash has uh, kind of resulted in him stepping down Um, So not good news for him But I think that might kind of draw a line under the controversy In relation to the sports world anyway uh, another story um, so the xFL reveals its new team names and logos um, so this is going to be the competitor to the NFL that's launching in 2020 and uh, so they've kind of announced their teams and logos uh, so for all eight teams um, the next story uh, USTA preps fan experience for a new era of US open tennis um, so in 2018 roughly 730,000 fans came during the main draw event um, the US. TA hopes of drawing 850,000 uh, visitors uh, this year. So they're actually giving free tickets uh, to the qualifiers for the, the US Open, which I think is a really good idea for them to, you know, kind of pack the stadiums and get more people involved and allow people to bring their, their kids along to see uh, Flushing Meadows and uh, hopefully see some great tennis games as well. Um, so the next story, uh, baseball beer boom, why minor league baseball embrace craft beer? Um, so obviously there's, Been a huge uh, surge in the popularity of craft beer, and so a lot of minor league teams are actually uh, now selling um, craft beer at their stadiums. Uh, So, a great little story there from frontofficesport.com, and just on the the rise of craft beer in um, minor league baseball. so Craft Beer's local first culture rise lends itself well to minor league baseball as teams partner with breweries and take on beer inspired branding. And So I think that's a, a win-win for both the, the craft beer producer as well as the, the minor league team. Uh, obviously the Major League Baseball has uh, deals with the likes of Budweiser uh, for pretty much all the teams. Um, so I think the, the minor leagues probably have a bit more freedom in terms of the deals that they can do. Um, so. Looking towards a local beer producer as uh, a win-win for, for both of them. Uh, so the final story this week from uh, the best of the rest. Uh, so inside the 40th World Wiffleball Ball Championship and the competitive Wiffleball. Ball. Um, so we had an uh, interesting piece from TheRinger.com uh, on the, the Wiffleball uh, World Championship. Um, so yeah, it doesn't have to be the most serious of sports to be a, a competitive uh sport um so there's you know i didn't know there was a wiffle ball uh, world championship but now theres and isn't it's been running for 40 years so um it's might be the next big um competitive game um so across the country, as the three through outcomes, altered baseballs, spectator appeal, adults have picked up their yellow bats and plastic balls and adopted the traditional children's game as a competitive sport. Um, so probably good for the world of baseball as well to have um, wiffle ball uh, kind of gaining a bit of popularity, because uh, obviously the, the two sports are, are kind of closely linked uh, in terms of gameplay. Um, so the video of the week this week uh, comes from uh, Vikes. And so they're the one of the major producers of um, helmets for the NFL. And uh, so they the video kind of walks through um, one of their helmets from a number of years ago with the ones today, and it kind of shows the the G-force and the head rotation uh, from a heavy impact of the side of the head, uh, which is kind of been discovered as the the major cause for for concussion and different kind of head traumas. And um, so obviously there's an improvement over time, uh, but it's good to see um, the testing that they do and Uh, I guess the effects of investing in uh, player safety because you know the last number of years has been um, You know a lot of stories and a lot of negativity around the the head injuries that kind of result from NFL and I guess the kind of game Style of throwing your body in the way Um, so it's interesting to see uh, the the Testing and the the technology that's going into uh, Helmet technology these days and the other video of the week this week comes from this week in tech um, so it's kind of goes through the uh, UC Irvine and their eSports uh, scholarships that they're uh, now have available um, so definitely worth the, an interesting look and uh, it's great to see um, you know these kind of programs opening up for um, for students to potentially get a, a free college, free college education uh, by being on their eSports team um, so they're looking for Nintendo uh, players um, so definitely worth a watch as well. Um, so that's the best of the rest and uh, news of the week, top stories this week. So that's it for this week and uh, some great stories uh, involved. A lot more available on the um, newsletter, which is available at startupdigest.com forward slash sportstech. Uh, all these stories as well are published on our Reddit uh, subreddit. Uh, so that's reddit.com forward slash sports underscore tech. Uh, so you can like the, the posts, uh, add your comments, and we can uh, start generating a big conversation around these stories. Uh, so that's it for this week. and I'll speak to you next week.